Elvis, 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 Hey, Morgan. Hey, Matt. Have you ever had a clam bake? Hell no. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but I the guess... What the fuck is a clam bake? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, because before we get to the episode at hand, Wikipedia tells me the clam bake, also known as a New England clam bake, is a traditional method of cooking seafood, such as lobster, mussels, crabs, softshell, clams, and quahogs. Okay. The food is traditionally cooked by steaming the ingredients over layers of seaweed in a pit oven. The shellfish can be supplemented with vegetables, such as onions, carrots, and corn on the cob. Clam bakes are usually held on festive occasions along the coast of New England. Oh, interesting. Okay. But that has nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> no, it really does not. They do have a clam bake oh, at one part, but we'll get yeah, to it. Yeah, they do, but... but- there's not there's there's nothing of there's nothing. It's about racing a car again for some reason, but this time it's a boat. Okay. Stop. All right. So you you know what you should do one day. You should send me your notes, and I should try to describe what this movie is about based off of your notes. In the early episodes, I put these up on the drive, and I remember we were both looking at the same Word document there, a Notepad document. Yeah. I mean, we can still do that. But one of us likes to hog the spotlight. <laughs> say something, Matt. What do you want me to say? I want you to say, it's me. I hog the spotlight. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's do it for next episode. Okay. All right. You're, now you're, no, you're committing to this right now. I'm committing to it. I'm going to do and it. And every time you mispronounce one of the people's names, <laughs> because you're not going to bother me. checking to see how it's said. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to call you out on it. Good. Okay. <laughs> Makes it much more fun for me. <laughs> All right. I'm glad we've uh, established that. Okay. We are talking about Clambake, which was released October 18th, 1967. I can't believe we're still in the 60s. That's I what mean, happens when you release three a year. I mean. I know, right? Like, it's just, I, we've been watching so many movies that I'm like, are we really not in the 70s yet? He never makes it to oh, the 70s. God. Okay. This so one, 67. yes, is from United Artists, yeah. who in the past had given us Kid Galahad and Follow That Dream. And... I did like Kid Galahad. Oh, I know you did. But I didn't like Follow That Dream. I think we were too hard on Follow That Dream. That was famously the episode where we recorded during a heat wave, and we were a little loopy. It was, I was, I, you know, thank you to the audience for whatever patience you extend to me, because I, I can get a little, a little feisty, and it is very hot in my apartment all year long yes even as we record in november now i i literally just sat down before this episode and yelled at Matt. like it's so hot in here like imagine this place in the summer they don't turn the heat off so in the summertime i'm very unhappy in this studio because i have to shut the windows and put on a big pair of sweaty headphones and listen to matt tell me facts about a movie that i hated watching for like an hour and a half it's very difficult whereas (laughs) i'm i'm literally like wearing like yeah he gets to wear a sweater and he gets to be all cozy all all the proclivities of fall time that are excluded from me because a cup of cocoa and hmm. no no cocoa no Toasty, warm socks, none of it. Just the harsh reality of the hot, hot heat. Which is coincidentally the first ingredient that goes into a clam bake. I was about to say, if you want the real clam bake is... Don't. Don't. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Don't. 
Don't say it. <laughs> Moving on. Fill in the blank yourselves. Um, we're going to go to the synopsis. Boy, okay. howdy, do we have a doozy for you this time. Yeah, don't ask me to like articulate the synopsis because I was very checked out for this movie. Believe it or not, here's the setup. The heir to an oil <laughs> fortune trades places with a water ski instructor at a Florida hotel to see if girls will like him for himself rather than his father's money. Yeah. That's the premise. Also, there's a boat race involved, but they don't there's get into that. There's a boat race. There's a, there's a boat race. There's a cowboy. Everybody's wearing big cowboy hats. There's some weird suits. The people who wrote this, who were pitching this this concept, they got into their little meeting room. Yeah. And they put their big boy brain caps on, and they said, we've already done two movies where he's a race car driver. We can't do that again. But what if... <laughs> On the water, he's a boat racer. That's a completely (laughs) different thing. (laughs) No, Matt, you said it wrong. What they did was a bunch of studio execs got into a meeting room. They hit a wicked bong rip. And then they said, (coughs) what if instead of racing a car, Elvis races a boat? The other guy was like, bruh, that's so fucking tight. And then they made a dumb, stupid movie about it. Yeah. Allegedly. So you're giving him an excuse. I want I want to make clear that my stance is that these people are malicious on purpose. Yeah, they hate us. I think so. I no, I'm with you, Matt. I'm with you on that one. They they I don't understand why they would treat us like this if it weren't for the fact that they actually hate us. I mean, we are not 1960s teens who were just eating this up. So really that's what happened. Yes, so. It must have been hard being a 1960s teen. <laughs> like at least when I was a teenager, you know, the shit that I was listening to and, like, watching on TV was, like, emo boys and stuff. I was into, like, MCR. Like, at least that did something, like, different. Did something, like, unique, you know. I feel bad for all those kids back in the 60s who were like, ah, I guess I'll watch either Jerry Lewis or Elvis Presley movies. Womp womp. Them's was the breaks. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the director. This is... A new guy, and I actually, although I didn't like this movie, and in fact found it much worse than Easy Come, Easy Go, there was some interesting directorial flair, and that might also have to do with the cinematographer, but it's actually the same cinematographer, so I'm going to go put this on the director then. Yeah. There's some sequences, musical sequences, that are dumb musical sequences, but the way they're shot, I too was maybe slightly checked out, but like then something weird would happen with the camera, and i go like, wait, what's this guy doing? There, There was some like... This camera was weird because in some of these scenes, I didn't feel like I was like watching a stage play or like participating in like a a scene in like a and like an ambivalent kind of way where like I'm just like watching a movie. It felt like the camera was placed in areas where it's like you're fucking creeper creeping around in the scene, leering at the women. Like I felt like I was in a garage. And I was the guy working on the car. And like every 20 minutes, Elvis would come in with a bunch of chicks. Where it's like, what's that? What's that over there? That's what this movie felt like for me. Okay. Well, the director of this is Arthur H. Nadel. Lots of TV. Oh, please tell me he didn't do The Flying Nun. I'm going to fucking No, no, no. <laughs> okay, Mostly right. Westerns. The Plainsmen. The Riflesmen. The Manymen. Yeah. They're all shooting. Uh, the Horsemen. Rooting, tooting. Giraffemen. The woman. So only one other film. Yeah. A 1970 movie called Underground. That's uh, okay. That's all we'd get from this guy. Okay. All right. Cinematographer, like I said, is once again William McGulley's. Right. And that guy. I remember him. 
Yeah. He's from the last episode. You guys would know that if you had subscribed to our Podbean and liked our Twitter. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so he also works in some TV, but yeah, he did Easy Come, Easy Go in 1967. And I want to shout out another United Artists movie that he did back in 1956 because it's a fun movie called Hot Cars. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. Which has the plot of a salesman takes a job at like a used car lot knowing full well that the cars being sold are hot cars because they're stolen. Ah, okay. But it's because he has to support his ailing son who's like sick. Oh, that's very sad. Yeah, I was like, why are you throwing all this crazy plotting <laughs> in my like exploitation picture? That's so weird. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Let's go to our writer. Okay. The guy who put words to a page and said, yeah, this is good Fuck dialogue. Fuck it. <laughs> that's what he said. His name is Arthur Brown Jr. Yeah. Son of Arthur Brown Sr. <laughs> And who's he? That's that's a like a long form callback. Yeah, that's our new ongoing joke. He did exclusively TV. This is actually his only film script. Okay. That's all that's all I got about it. Nice. Moving on. Even my researching is getting lax. Uh oh. <laughs> so after this how many films do we have? Like, we're getting tired, as you guys can tell. But, like, we're, we're in the home stretch now. Mm-hmm. We have less than five movies, I think. I just think back to our fan from Germany, Marcus, who told us, you know, you're almost there. You can do it. Yeah, you're the kind of enthusiasm we need because Lord knows we don't know how to take care of ourselves anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and his playlist he, su- he supplied me was very helpful when I was double-checking that uh, last week's film, Easy Come, Easy Go, was, in fact, the only one that did not have a ballad. Wow. I double-checked all the past ones just to, to see, and yeah. They all had one except for that. Crazy. I don't have any alternate titles. Okay. Like uh, American ones. They literally, I guess they just, they. someone said Clambake. They gave up. And then that person said, <laughs> good, done. Fine. There's Cut nothing it. else yeah. that could be better than that. <laughs> but special shout out to Japan. Okay. In Japan, the film was released as Blue Miami as a play on Blue Hawaii. Oh, that's kind of interesting. And I was like, man, look at them being smart. Yeah. Instead of just being like, Clambake, done. <laughs> We're good. Like these guys were literally, they must have been having a clam bake. Yeah. Right? They and then they're like, been... what can we call this next Elvis movie? And they're like, mm, 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 this lobster's so good. Oh, we're just going to call it clam bake. <laughs> it's honestly, the title of this movie really represents this movie as a whole because it's a bad idea that somebody came up with and any, everyone else was too lazy and hateful to do any better and so now we have this movie just to jump ahead to a a small factoid okay even though we still have stay away joe coming up this is allegedly the one this is like elvis is like this is it this is the worst thing ever right yeah gosh because stay away joe is going to be really 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 bad and so I'm shocked that they think it's worse than Clambake because Clambake is, is really crummy. Maybe he, they just meant at the time and Possibly, he, yeah. they didn't they didn't re-interview him later on to be like, well, actually, <laughs> I would like to change my answer because I made a, yeah. ba- a worse one. I went and made a bigger oopsie later. But uh, yeah. So uh, who's next? Who are we talking about next? OK, so we did the director, the cinematographer, the writer. We talked about the alternate title. Let's talk about Elvis's character name. This is another instance where we actually get two because he switches places with a dude. So technically, his character is Scott Hayward. Right. What do we think about Scott Hayward? Um. Does uh, does he look like a Scott? He doesn't. He looks like a Hayward, but he doesn't look like a Scott Hayward. Okay. Nice. We did it. <laughs> Those were our thoughts on that. We're going to move on to... <laughs> I'm struggling with this one. I'm struggling. Uh, the buddy, the guy that he just meets at a, a let's see, let me just say the the inciting incident. He meets this dude at a gas station, and then the dude's like, "Man, you got all that money? I wish I had that problem." And he's like, "Well, I, you know what I wish is I wish I didn't have money." Oh my god, wishes, wish places, and then yeah, they do it. It's literally that. 
my poor boyfriend like sat down on the couch at that exact moment and he was like stuffing his face with a bag of chips and he was like i wish i had that problem and then he literally was like is that the plot of this stupid movie <laughs> and i was like yeah i guess so i guess it is it's really strange let's talk about the first song can we can we talk about the first song real quick no i want to talk about his other name okay that he takes on the guy the buddy he meets is tom wilson tom wilson is also a really bad name for elvis Tom Wilson, Thomas F. Wilson, is also the name of the actor who plays Biff Tannen in the Back to the Future movies. He's great. That's interesting. I do love the guy that plays Biff. He's funny. He's he's the underrated. He's the MVP of that series. Yeah, absolutely. Because he has, he gets to play like every version of Biff, and he nails it every time. He's got all the nuances. Yeah, yeah Anyways, he's always got it. Yeah. Man, welcome On back point. to our Back to the Future podcast, which is what I wish we were doing. <laughs> okay, all right. We did the. We okay, did you the, go the, go off. Yeah. Go on. Talk, tell me about this first song that you have thoughts about. Well, it's so shitty. It's so bad. It's Are you, literally you're awful. You're referring to the title track, Clambake. No. No, you I'm mean the first to the song, sung song. That, yes, that comes after Elvis and the guy switch places. And it's just this one verse over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it goes on forever. And it is a great representation of the skill utilized to create all the other songs on this dumb fucking movie. That's right. Surprise. The movie sucks. The title sucks. The songs also garbage. This starts happening in the movie. And you know what I wrote in my notes? I said, oh, <laughs> I almost missed you, uh, Elvis, singing while driving a vehicle. There, you're back. Yeah. <laughs> we did. I did notice. Yes, he's on a vehicle. He's on, it's, got, it's got wheels and it runs on a road. That makes it a vehicle. They swap places. So uh, our boy Tom, who is now going by Scott, and Scott, who is going by Tom. That's not going to get confusing when we talk about it later. Yeah. Can I just call the cowboy guy Tex and I'll just call Elvis Elvis? How does that sound? Fine. All right. So yeah, Elvis's car goes to Tex and then Tex lends his motorcycle to Elvis. They switch places, they switch vehicles, and they sing yeah. a duet while driving behind each other. Behind one another. They're both heading to this hotel. Really, it's a really, this is nitpicking, but it's a really boring shot, reverse shot. It's just shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse. Like nothing else is happening except watching these two guys and, stare you know, at a highway yeah. we, and they're and not driving like yeah. they're, they're, it's like the rear projection time yeah, I hate it. wide shots <laughs> and uh, i guess this is the time to also mention that although yes this is set in miami of course it was still all shot in los angeles like every elvis movie yeah, yeah he never leaves never leaves yeah. <laughs> okay so the first song is clambake um unlike last film easy come easy go this is another point a small smidgen of a point in his favor I like the title treatment. I like the font. And then it, the, the, the letters jiggle. Um, goes clam, bake. I didn't notice. And I went, oh, that's something. Because <laughs> I'm just grasping at straws. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's really rough. Okay. There, there the were more times in this movie that I sat down and like something would happen and I would physically turn my face away from the movie and just go. <sighs> <sighs> so the second song, which is the duet with actor Will Hutchins, who plays Tom, is Who Needs Money? Right. And yes. surprise, surprise, Will Hutchins does not provide his own singing voice. He was dubbed by Ray Walker of the Jordanaires. Oh. Then there's the song, A House That Has Everything, Except for Love. <laughs> sorry. That's, what it, just, that's how the song goes. I know, but it's the way you said it. It's just, it was really funny. Uh, A house that has everything, except for love. Yes. <laughs> Then there's the standout musical sequence, not because it's a good song or anything, but just this is where all the weird shots came in. Confidence. Yeah, this was weird. Which, here's the setup. 
Elvis, there's this playground, <laughs> okay. a really yeah, elaborate, yeah. big playground full of children. Yep. Elvis comes in. There's this little girl at the top. He's like, and everyone, all these kids are like jeering at her. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, whoa, calm down, shut up, shut up, shut up. What was, what's the problem here? Hey, little girl, what's, what, what seems to be the matter? She's like, oh, they're, they're making fun of me. No, they're making fun of me because they say I'm too scared to go down the slide. And he's like, well, what's the problem? She's like, I am too scared to go down the slide. <laughs> so what he's saying is, well, they had perfectly good reason to make fun of you then. No, but yeah. he's like, that's okay. All you need is some confidence and then he yeah, then gets into a song. song and dance with a bunch of children and then some indians come out because the kids want to play yes no 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 indians. well here's the thing before we even get to that which you get is that's a scene where it gets progressively worse as it goes but like the opening lines is like you know who had confidence christopher columbus and i wrote yeah he had the oh confidence God, yes, to come yes. in and take what wasn't his and claim it as his own that's some confidence right there the part about it though is that elvis is like everybody thought the world was flat and then christopher columbus <laughs> discovered that the world was round because he had confidence and it was like i feel so bad for americans you know like just so you guys know maybe you know maybe things have changed since the 60s but christopher columbus did not discover that the world was round the early greeks discovered that the world was round by using a big pointy tower and some sunshine also just so you guys know because we may as well talk about christopher columbus christopher columbus was a bad guy and Spain literally got so mad at him for committing a genocide that they specifically asked him not to do that they deported him back to Spain and was like you're a bad guy now you you can't do shit anymore you're grounded forever you can't ever 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 go back to North America and he was like wah 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 that's how bad he was no yeah facts yeah let's keep going oh wait so I right the, the two so <laughs> yes <laughs> He's singing this song. The girl's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I guess I can go down a slide. Whoop-de-doo. And then <laughs> they're dancing, and it's super elaborate. And then there's like there's the um, like a little carousel, whatever you call that specific kind of spinning. Merry-go-round. Is that a merry-go-round? Yeah, merry-go-round is the circular one that the kids die on. Right, the carousel has horses, of course. When it's spinning. Yeah, carousel has horses, yeah. Even though in, in Europe, though, like that's the it's like the opposite, right? That's right. It. Yeah, that's right. Uh, anyways. They're on the spinny thing. <laughs> the shot, the camera does like a bird's eye view. We're up atop. And I'm like, yeah. okay, they had to get a crane for this. Like there's obviously for Why some they reason they're, they're yeah. throwing in all this stuff. Then there's a shot where they're on the swings and the camera does a full 180. It starts rotating and suddenly they're all upside down. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I missed that part for sure. I absolutely missed that part. And then it like turns back upright again. And I'm just like, whoa. What's happening? Like I said, the director's just like, flexing on us all he's like i'm gonna throw in whatever i want to do this is my yeah. one feature film here i go yeah except is is well it was his first at the time you want to hear some bad phrasing go ahead this movie is so shitty that the rest of the production team is like look director you have to do what we say you do but when it comes to the scene with the children you can do whatever you fucking want <laughs> that's what they probably said so yes then they break into a game of cowboys and indians and it's very bad because yeah. they start whooping yeah, and hollering and i went oh no and then the film just literally cuts in black and white footage from a western which i couldn't i couldn't see what that was from i didn't i didn't see it in the credits and i didn't find any information i'm like what the heck the hell why is this happening (laughs) but while we're at it i'll also point out our good boy red west elvis's buddy he's in this as the ice cream vendor he gets a little cameo oh yeah yeah and he joins too he jumps up and starts playing yeah that's just like he's got like a rifle in his like imaginary pantomiming thing he's like it's weird and then he just goes ice cream for everyone and they all go yeah and then that scene ends and you wonder yourself why why (laughs) why 
Yeah, and then the lady comes out and she's like, oh, I'm in love with you. This blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay, let's, yeah, let's go back. We're not going to get too much in the plot because it's actually very simplistic yeah. for once, we're, more or less. We're also, am I, like, am I actually losing my mind? What part of our podcast are we at? We do the director, we do the cinematographer, we do the writer. Did we do those guys? Yeah, no, we, we were doing, the, sorry, we were doing the songs. I just... Got Let me do the song. Okay, gotcha. We were up okay. to song number four. Oh yeah, I didn't ask you how many songs there were. There's twelve. Nope. There's once not. again, there's only there's only seven. There is only seven. Ha <laughs> Technically, there would have been eight, but once again, they cut one of the songs. Yeah. Good for us. Thank God. So the fourth song is confidence. Then the fifth song is self-loathing. No, the fifth song is "You Don't Know Me." Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's, I was like, yeah, I'm like, so, yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of just like there, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly he starts singing. He, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, wait, whoa, 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 wait, whoa, 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 hold yeah, up. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, and because there's some younger viewers, I'm assuming, um, allegedly there's a lot of young female viewers, and we don't know why you're here, but we're so happy, and we'd like to let you know that the song you don't know me is a ray charles song isn't it he was it's well written. he was he made the most famous cover of it i will actually tell oh, you the, I see. Okay. it was originally written by cindy walker from a story and or title proposed by eddie arnold and he eddie arnold is the one who first recorded it in 55 and then it was released april 1956 yeah it's a very popular song the, and there's a lot of renditions of it and yes. elvis's is the fucking worst i he did not do a good job with this song like he didn't Ray Charles, I think, did the best version. I was going to say, the, like, best, the best-selling version is by Ray Charles. It took the number yeah. two. So once again, it was the best version, yet still not number one, which is shocking. But anyways, the number two on the Billboard Hot 100 in September of 1962. What was the number one? Oh, I don't know. Oh, Jesus. Man. Something apparently that was better than... Don't you want to know what was better than You Don't Know Me by Ray Charles? Doesn't that pique your curiosity? You know? the the He's, gonna, he's looking it up. He's going to tell us. In the meantime, I'll fill the airspace by telling you that this performance did suck. I don't know. I just found that Elvis's phrasing for the musical, the musicality in this was just not on point. Like, You Don't Know Me is a great song to sing along to because it's it has a really good beat to it, has a really good, like, musicality to it. And I found myself really struggling to, like, sing with Elvis and hum along this song because he just was taking breaks and spots that just didn't make sense was hamming it up a bit and it got lost and it was a real shame because I was really excited that a good song was going to be in this movie only to find out that Elvis fucked it up in the end anyway. I wouldn't go that far, but honestly, I'm not, I, that's, that's your purview to be a little more harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when the music, um, so. I'm the bad one. The number one song. Yeah. That was allegedly better than You Don't Know Me by Ray Charles was the song Sheila by Tommy Rowe. I don't fucking know that song. How can it possibly be better? I'm going to listen to this right now. Okay, well, then I'm going to listen to it as well. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Sad. It's like I, I, I get it, I guess. But... I think I know why this was more popular. This style of music was really, really popular. And jazz was starting to go on the way out. And so like Motown and jazz and blues and those sort of things had been dominating the music airways for decades and decades and decades. And in the 60s was when, well, they started phasing out in the 50s and there was a little resurgence in the 60s with Miles Davis, I believe. And then in the 70s, they just like, nobody wanted to listen to jazz anymore. They want to listen to 
white boys sing their bluegrass songs about being despondent and remembering their childhood and things like that. No, they wanted that disco. That's what they wanted. Oh, yeah. There's also disco. Disco and rock. There was too many genres for jazz to compete against. Like, when jazz was first popular, it was just jazz, just country music, and just classical music. And that was it. That was three genres, and that was it, right? And then, you know, the 40s came and... Elvis started banging interesting... guitar. Sorry, yes. Yeah, go ahead. This, go ahead. Is an, this is an interesting top five. So I actually, if we're just looking at the top five, so Sheila by Tommy Rowe is number one. Yeah. You Don't Know Me by Ray Charles is number two. The Locomotion by Little Eva is number three. Wow, weird. Ramblin' Rose by Nat King Cole is number four. Yeah, that's really strange. And She's Not You by Elvis Presley with the Jordanaires at number five. Yeah. So he was actually on there. That yeah. was a single You're... that had nothing to do with one of the soundtracks. Yeah. You're getting a lot of like different varieties of genres, right? So you're like a lot of those genres were in competition with one another at the time. And all of them were like youth genres, except for jazz and Motown. Jazz and Motown were like more popular amongst older audiences and such. So that's probably why. Yeah. Oh, glad we went on another tangent to do anything other than discuss this movie. But we have to get back to it. So You Don't Know Me was song number five. And yes. then song number six. Is Hey, Hey, Hey. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is the song in the garage where everyone's dancing. And the Go-Go Girls come back. And one of them yeah. is wearing those identical the pants. pants. That's right. Yeah, they're wearing the pants again. That was a weird scene, right? That was a weird scene for Elvis to be like, Bring me the women. And for the guy to be like, I've brought you the women, Elvis. Now they'll do your bidding. No, no Elvis didn't say bring me the women. This guy pops no. in and says, no, here's yeah. your workers, even though they're just dancing. And yeah. he's trying to get this boat done for the race. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really strange. Elvis outdoes himself as well because he kisses five ladies in a row. I mean... But unlike last time, because you brought up last time... I don't want to judge. This know? time, they're actually waiting there for the kisses. It's not that they're getting married and he yeah. just like decides while he's officiating the weddings to give right, them all yeah. a smooch. Yeah. This one, they're patiently like waiting their turns and they're like, please kiss me on the lips as soon as you kiss this other girl on the lips. Like That's what they yeah. want for some that's, reason. Yeah, that's different. So like, I don't want to judge, right? Because like, if you came up to me in like my most euphoric state, like I'm having the best best time of my life and you were like these five chicks want to make out with you i don't know that i would have the capacity to be like i don't think that's what i'm interested in right now like if i'm at my best if like no consequences ever happened ever again and i'm like living my best party life or whatever and they were like five chicks want to make out with you so i can't, i don't i feel bad saying that that's like some people are really grossed out by the idea that you would kiss the lips of somebody who kissed the lips that kissed the lips of somebody else or whatever but if I try to think about it, like if they're all there at the same time and they all want to make out with me, I'm like, well, I don't want to judge. I'm just saying I don't want to judge because I don't know if I if I would say no. I feel like I would, but maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I would be Morgan who makes out with five women. I would wear a badge if that was me, though. I have a little badge with my name on it. I have five stars on it. <laughs> it's almost six, but then Tom takes the sixth one and gives her a kiss. Yeah, Tom, always stealing my sixth kiss. <laughs> What a sick bastard. Where are we? What's happening? We're <laughs> almost there. This is the Talk last song. Song number seven. Yep. The Girl I Never Loved. And I'm assuming this is also where the cut song would have been is either or. So The Girl I Never Loved is the seventh song, but there was an eighth song that was recorded but not used in the movie called How Can You Lose What You Never Had, which seems pretty much like right. the same. Now that we're done talking about the songs, we should talk about the actors and the actresses. You know it. Wee. 
I cannot wait. First up, Tex Rex. What's his real no, name? No, not him. We're talking about the girl uh, first up. Did okay. you recognize her this time? This was your third and final chance. She's the lady. Hold on a sec. Let me think about her in my, my head. Um, no, I didn't recognize her. Okay. Well, but Di- she's if she's if she's the third one, there's only one chick that's been in three Elvis movies. Yes. Well, I don't remember her name, but she's the pretty <laughs> she's the pretty girl from uh, the other two Elvis movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Matt it's... looks really disappointed in me right now, just so you guys know. <laughs> it's Shelley Fabre who was in Shelley Fabre. Girl Happy and then Spin Out, and this is her third film, Clan Bay. Yeah. She plays Diane Carter. To be fair, her hair is much more brown this time and longer. It's very dark. It's like black and super long. Yeah. She's so pretty. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's the she's the pretty. I think her best role, her best performance, and her best Elvis movie is still Girl Happy, though. So she she unfortunately she pushed her luck and couldn't recapture the magic. It happens. It happens. That's true. We, I mean, give her. Yeah, we should give her credit for at least going there and trying again. Yeah, like to be fair too. Like it's not like it's her fault that she's in a (laughs) shitty fucking Elvis movie, right? Like clam bake is not a diss on her. It's a diss on the movie, the producers, and the schmucks, the dirty bastards who tried to peddle this shit. We have, (laughs) we have another alumni from Spin Out, who's in this film. Is it Anne Margaret? And Margaret wasn't in Spin Out, she's in Viva Las Vegas. Oh, God. I can't no. tell these movies apart anymore. <laughs> How can you? The only reason Matt knows this is because he's staring at a big document with like maps. Okay, no. And, like, For, to be honest, to it, be honest, like, even if I didn't have this, I would at least know that Viva Las Vegas was the one with Anne Margaret and it was not Spin Out. <laughs> Gotta give me that much credit. That, I, yeah, that's true. I'll give but it. Will Hutchins, who plays the real Tom Wilson, Please stand up. Was the lieutenant, Lieutenant Tracy Richards in Spin Out, the cop who ends up with the drummer in Spin Out. Oh. He looks quite a bit different. At first I was like, are we sure this is the same dude? But then I, would, I double checked. I was like, yeah, I guess so. I he's putting guess on a whole, so, ladies he's and gentlemen. putting on like a southern drawl and his hair, I think, is, is blonde where I don't think it was blonde last time we saw him. Very good. So last time I talked about how he was in the 1966 movie The Shooting with Jack Nicholson and Millie Perkins. Yeah. This time I want to mention, I discovered... So, are you familiar with the comic strip Blondie? Yes, I am. So, they have attempted to make this a TV show a few times. They sure have. And the second time they did it, it lasted 14 episodes, <laughs> the 14th the fourteenth of which never aired. <laughs> it was one season. Yikes. Holy jeez. Between 68, 69. And Dagwood Bumstead was played by Will Hutchins in this TV version. That's really strange. Yeah, that's all I got to I'd like say to see that. them do a Blondie like made by netflix and they just like just tear into it the way they did with archie i think that's what blondie needs i think that's the only way to treat blondie Probably. i'd like to see them do the same thing with josie and the pussycats too well no josie and the pussycats is part of the riverdale extended universe oh my God. they did do it of course it is of course it is the josie and the pussycats movie by the way is when they when they peaked as as a, oh, like yeah. a franchise absolutely absolutely okay let's move on to <laughs> Bill Bixby is in this movie. Okay. Who's Bill Bixby? Well, Bill Bixby is the guy playing the villain, the jerk. His character's name is James J. Jameson III. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> which is pretty good. I like that. 
and actually, that's honestly, true. his performance because he knows exactly what kind of movie he's in. Yeah, he's, I'm thinking so specifically. Yeah. I it all clicked for me when there's a scene where Shelley Fabray is water skiing. At first, she's like, "Oh, you're the new water ski instructor, Elvis. Uh, can you take me out water skiing right now?" And he's like, "I don't start until tomorrow." Which is like, "No, no, no! Like in five minutes, be out on the water." And he's like, oh, "Okay, I guess so." And then. Yeah. She's only doing that so that she can pull off some sweet moves to to catch the attention of Bill Bixby, yeah. who's who's out on his boat with another girl. Yeah. But then he stops and he's like, "Wait, who is this girl doing all these crazy moves?" <laughs> <laughs> Show me your moves. But there's a part later where she's once again doing some water skiing. This time he is also water skiing with Will Hutchins, Tom Wilson character. Yeah. They're water skiing side by side and they're like chasing after. Her. And yeah. Bill Bixby is just like whooping and hollering like, "Yeah, oh, get her! Oh, turn yeah, around, get the turn around, girl, go get her!" Yeah, like I'm like so I yeah, but I was like okay, no, he knows exactly how much to dial it up because he's like just going for it in this movie. Yeah, but to answer your question, Bill Bixby is most famous for playing David Banner in the Incredible Hulk TV show from 1977 to True story. What? Yes. How does the name Bruce sound gay? I don't know. That's... So what they did was they changed it so that Bruce was his middle name. We see it on his tombstone in the opening episode because he's presumed dead because the Hulk and all that stuff, right? That's fucking weird. That's a new one for me. Anyways, he's going to be appearing in one more Elvis movie, so we shall see him again. Okay. Uh, but at the time, so obviously the Hulk doesn't happen until 77. So at the time, he would have been best known because he was just coming off of the run of doing the entire My Favorite Martian TV show. Oh. He is, of course, not the titular Martian, but Martian. he's the guy who has to like, he's like, this is my Uncle Martin. Takes him around. Right. It lasted 107 episodes from 1963 to 66. That's a lot of episodes yeah. for a weird story about a Martian and his weird, like, bodyguard. It's kind of strange. Also, I've got another small correction to no. make. Yes. No. Matt, you are, you are degrading the integrity of this podcast by all of the mistakes that you have made i hope you can appreciate that back in the episode of harem scare oh no i brought up so the, the reason this is relevant is because bill bixby was married to actress brenda benet who i erroneously said her name was Brenda Bennett. Oh. But there's only the one T. It is not pronounced Brenda Bennett. It's Brenda Did Benet. I make fun of you? No. You didn't say anything. I should have. And then like 12 episodes later, you were like, it was Brenda Bennett and not Brenda Bennett. And then I could have been like- No, this is one of the few times <laughs> you didn't call me out when I actually did make a mistake. Whereas every other time, <laughs> you would say, no, it's pronounced this way. And I would say, no, it's not. I checked. <laughs> Suffice to say, she was the one who had played Emerald in Harem Scare. Right, yeah. So I'm sorry I got her name wrong. So let's move on to... I've actually only got two other actors that I'm going to bother talking okay. about. Okay. Keeping it pretty short and sweet. Considering. All right. So yeah. Elvis in this movie has two daddies. I don't know if you know this. He's got, he's got a surrogate... <laughs> I, I sur- didn't know that. He's got a surrogate daddy. Oh, right, yeah. And then he's got a real daddy, right? But at the end, both daddies are sitting in the stands and they're so proud of their boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wrote in my notes. So let's start with the real daddy. So Scott Hayward's father is Duster, Duster Hayward. Yeah. And he's played by character actor James Gregory, who's great. Okay. He's really doing it this time. So he's probably f- most famous for playing Senator John Iceland in The Manchurian Candidate from 1962. Oh, I still haven't seen that. It's a great movie. And it, of course, co-starred yeah. Angela Lansbury, who co-starred with Elvis in Blue Hawaii. Wow. 
Um, he was also General Ursus in Beneath the Planet of the Apes. I didn't know that that was a movie. I think I brought Beneath this up before, the but of the, apes? the Planet of the Apes sequels are pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, they're really wild. The second one especially, because for the longest time, it just plays as a retread. They bring in this guy, his name is, is an actor named James Franciscus, who has a look that is very similar to Charlton Heston's. Right. And he's another astronaut who just happens to crash land, and he pretty much right. goes through the same motions. But then the ending, which I won't get into, but I'll just say, because I think the last time we brought up the Planet of the franchise, I, I, did it, I, I had the same spiel, has the most ridiculous ending yeah like they wrote themselves into a corner where it's shocking that they did three more sequels after that i'm just saying <laughs> so let's talk about the other papa daddy two daddy duh <laughs> sam burton who's played by actor gary merrill yeah he starred in the 1950 movie all about eve oh and that same year married betty davis his co-star oh nice they were married for 10 years oh lovely so yeah I have two cameos and or small parts. Okay. So there's a part where his real dad shows up at the hotel because he finally, obviously he's like, where the hell's my son? And then he's like, he tracks him down. Yeah. And there's a cigarette girl, right? Who walks outside yeah. and relaxes. Yeah, I've seen that, so yeah. That actress is Sue England. This was her last film appearance. And the fact that she's playing a cigarette girl is only interesting if I make the connection that she played Laura in Funny Face in 1957 with Audrey Hepburn. And that Audrey Hepburn... And only her second film appearance played a cigarette girl in a cameo in Laughter in Paradise in 1951. Hmm. They were going to offer her a bigger role, but she was doing stage work at the time. So she instead opted for the small. But yeah, one person's final appearance was as a cigarette girl. One person's, I wish it was their first. That would have been perfect poetry, but it's only their second film that she did. Yeah. Still pretty interesting. Um, and then the other one, there's a blink and you'll miss it. And I wouldn't have known unless I looked it up. There's a, when... Shelley Fabray and Elvis are talking in the bar of the hotel, which first off, <laughs> side note, the, de- the decor of this place is so purple and it's drapes really, everywhere. Yeah. I was like, what it's is going lot. on here? Yeah, it's a kind of a crazy set. But anyways, they're talking like you see their heads on either side of the screen talking to each other. And in the background, there's a waiter that just kind of like walks by. Yeah, yeah, and that- I, I remember that. Are you okay? I do. I remember that. What did he look like? Uh, he looked like he was wearing a white shirt and black pants. Oh, no. Why do you shake your head no at me? Because all the waiters in that weird... It's a themed hotel. They all had fezes and stuff. There's like a weird... Oh. Oh. What the heck was I thinking about? Maybe I'm thinking about Tex's weird suit jacket. The big weird stitches on it. Yeah. That was a, right? That was a weird jacket. Like, I guess they also... I think... Wait, I just want... Wait, can I say... I guess they lucked out that they both have like exactly the same body type that they were able to wear each other's yeah. clothes too. Like that was... <laughs> Yeah, think about that. There was a lot of red flags in this movie. Like the title of this movie was a red flag, and Texas weird suit was a red flag because it was all an indicator of how little anyone cared to make any feasible, like. But to be fair, that was Elvis's suit first. He's wearing it in the open. It doesn't scene. matter. That suit is weird. It's That's a yeah, weird it's suit. Strange. It's strange. Okay, actor Lee Majors who would go on in the seventies to be the lead in the Six Million Dollar Man. Uh classic tv show but he was just starting up and you know he visited the set and he's the one who plays like that background extra they gave him a big fake mustache but he's the he's, he plays a waiter that just like walks in the background in that one scene that's really sweet it's also strange because when he was gearing up for his first film that also was released the same year as this 1967 i tracked down an old newspaper article that referred to him as like a blonde elvis which is especially funny because we, as we all know <laughs> elvis was in fact a natural blonde yeah but- that's right he's actually blonde that was such a revelation to me to discover that on this podcast that Elvis is a fucking natural blonde. That's shocking to me. I still can't believe it. 
And so I won't. Yeah. <laughs> and like it, it darkened as he aged. So he, like, sure, it was it. He wasn't have been like blonde, blonde, blonde by this period. Yeah, if he was, if he had stopped dying. But yeah, yeah. So he, here's a thing that is alleged. Uh, alleged, alleged. Alleged it said fact. Elvis Presley had so much debt in early 1967 due to his purchase of a Memphis ranch with up-to-date equipment that his manager, Colonel Tom Parker, had to sign the contract for this movie in a hurry so that Elvis could get his $1 million fee up front. I mean, possibly. This was the last time Elvis would get the magic million dollars. Oh, that, that makes more sense to me. That's crazy. I mean, you know, yeah. I don't know how much of that I believe, though. You didn't think our bad boy Elvis would be spending too much money that he doesn't own, doesn't have? No, I think maybe he would, but to buy a ranch? I don't yeah, know. He, well, he did purchase a Memphis ranch. That's not... Right. That fact I, is... I not, yeah, I know he bought a ranch, but like... Well, I didn't know he bought a ranch, but like... I understand that he bought a ranch, but like... I don't know if... I feel like Elvis would go broke for like another pink Cadillac before he would go broke for a ranch. Think but, how many pink Cadillacs you can fit on a ranch. That's a lot of space. Well, how many pink Cadillacs can you fit on a ranch? I don't know. You tell us, folks. If you can figure out how many pink Cadillacs, you can figure Comment out how many. Comment below how many pink Cadillacs can Elvis fit into his Memphis ranch. <laughs> I guess that depends on the size of the pink Cadillac. And the square footage of the ranch. True. There's a lot of factors to take into account. I guess there's yeah, I guess there's a lot of factors. Can the can you put the Cadillacs on top of one another? No, that I think would, I, that would be cheating. That would be cheating, I think. That's cheating, yeah. Mm. Okay. This is a really so, good, good bit. <laughs> So at the end of the movie, to prove that he is, in fact, the real Scott Hayward to Shelley Fabray, he shows her his driver's license. Yeah. And so this is one of the few Elvis movies, maybe the only one, where we get a specific birth date for the character he's supposed to be playing. And so we get an actual age. Oh, how old is he? So the driver's license says he was born February 23rd, 1940, which would make him 27. Elvis he was, actually... was 32 during filming. Yeah. So five years younger, which is not the end of the world. That's not the that's most not the, ridiculous thing. Yeah. But it's just interesting that, yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, we, we actually get, like, a concrete, yeah. like, he's like, this is my age in this movie. That's- it is interesting, right? Because in these movies, you know, it, when you when you get older, you start to see that a, an actor or a character in a movie looks older than what you might have previously thought, right? Like, when I was a kid, I thought Marty McFly was a teenager, and then I grew up and was like, uh, there's a 25-year-old in the high school today, and that's a little strange, you know? But it's hard with these Elvis movies because we don't, they never say, like, how old he's supposed to be. I don't know that they're supposed to be, like, 25. Yeah, and all his, like, teen delinquent stuff was all pre-army. So then everything after this, we don't know. He could be at any point Yeah, everything after the army. Everything after the army, I'm like, yeah, he's got to be, like, in, like, 27, He's just a man who has a job or something or other, and he's just living his life. (laughs) True that. Um... No, yeah, that's right. You, you, we. I was gonna say we were gonna line, but then we got you're you're calling out the, how our structure is all falling apart, which it is. Yeah. But I was about to say that like, the crux of this is that Shelley Verbray's motivation is that she's a poor girl who's trolling around this hotel for rich dudes so that she can get money. Yeah. And Elvis, yeah. of course, his whole thing is that he's seeing if someone will love him just for him, and so he pretends to be poor when he's actually rich. And then his buddy's the one who's poor, who's pretending to be rich. And then Bill Bixby is actually rich. And so she's pursuing Bill Bixby. But then she ends up yeah. with Elvis. And then he's like, actually, by the way, I am actually rich. And he gives her yeah. a freaking diamond ring. And she's like, whoa. I think Bill Bixby and Tex should have got married. I think that would have been the best happy ending. Because then Tex could have got all the money that he wanted. And then Elvis and the girl could have lived happily ever after. 
and then Bill could have had like the person that he wanted to marry and like get, like buy things for and stuff like that. And like Tex or Tom, as his actual character name is, he's got like this girl with him the whole movie, and I guess she stuck around. Maybe yeah, even she though can he be, turned out to be a fraud. Be, yeah, she can be like a an an addition. Or what they can do is she can marry Bill Bixby, and because. It, two men weren't allowed to get married at that time but sh- there can be an arrangement where like she's married to him but actually Bill Bixby is in love with Rex Tex McCowboy boy and then they live happily ever after and she like supports them and does her own thing but I'm talking for I mean I know we weren't paying attention to this movie but I'm talking for real like what happens to her does she she's not there anymore right <laughs> I have no idea I have no idea what happened to her um <laughs> in the last scene that I remember Tex Rex being in they're watching the race they're watching the race and I don't remember seeing her. And there's a small character moment I like where they're all eating popcorn. And there's like three different bags of popcorn. And he's just like putting his hand in like all three as he's like stuffing his yeah. face. He's like, oh, uh. that's what I'd do if I had millions of dollars. I'd buy too much popcorn for myself to eat. And then I'd try to eat it like a ridiculous glutton. That's what I would do. And then I would feed it to birds. Also, the part where the dad reveals himself as being the, ac- yeah, the actual. He's that like, was fun. He's like, oh, I do you know like my son? Scene. Or he's like, oh, what's your name, sir? And he's like, I'm... Um, what was his name? I'm Daddy, basically, is what he says. And the guy's like, oh, crap. My name Shoot, is Duster, my dad. Duster Hayward. Yeah. And, go, and then he, the, the cigar drops out of his mouth. He's like, oh, yeah. you okay, son? Yeah, it's pretty fun. So James Gregory's having a fun time. Yeah. I'm glad somebody in this movie is. And Bill Bixby. Maybe James Gregory and Bill Bixby should have got married and then just been like billionaires and like combined their wealth together <laughs> and, and left all Taking over the for- world. Yeah. That's how it should have happened. I, w- I will say, I like the part, so we eventually get the scene where, oh yeah, there's a whole montage where Elvis is doing science. He's sciencing up. There's a oh montage. Oh my God, there's yeah, that's beakers right. and all these Elvis things. Elvis is, is an engineer. He's, He's a, a chemical bio- engineer. Chemical engineer, yeah. He develops a resin for a boat that's like super fantastic or whatever. That he just, they just call Goop, which is funny because if you think of Gwyneth Paltrow's Weird. freaking company, yeah. Goop, that's why. <laughs> she would try to sell that shit too. But um, yeah, anyway... He, there's a little montage with him and and his buddy and their beakers and boiling fluids and shit. It's just so dumb. And then there's a part where the buddy is like mixing. It goes on for like a whole minute, and then he takes a drink and Elvis goes, "Whoa, well, what are you doing?" He's like, "What? You don't want any coffee?" And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Whoa, okay." Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's there was that's the sad thing about this movie is like unlike other shitty movies, there was potential. You know, there was. I mean, not a lot of potential. It's still a fucking Elvis movie, but there was enough potential that they could have like just you know amped it up a little more, had a little more fun with it, not called it clam bake. You know, no, they could have done see, a lot of things. Just like how the previous movie should have focused on the art commune angle, this movie should have focused on being a better movie. Focused in on him being a chemical engineer doing all kinds oh. of weird freaking science. <laughs> yes, that would have been fabulous. I would have liked that. I would have liked to see like Elvis like solve cancer. By having like a, a montage well, of him. That's being a when he, he, we still have to get to his final film, Change of Habit, where he plays a doctor. Right, so. where he's a doctor. Does he cure cancer in that movie? That no, but he cures cool. autism, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. With a <laughs> hug, <laughs> with love. <laughs> that's all it takes. Jeez, guys, uh, it's easy. No one, no one thought of this before. What a, what a genius. Yeah, God. Also, this is just because I'm like, this is the end of the movie is coming, and there's the, the announcer who's talking about the race. If you take out of context all things he's saying about like, man, he's really giving her a pounding, but he's talking about the boat, <laughs> the boat hitting the waves. Like, I don't know if she's going to hold together. Whoa, oh this is God. a rough ride. I wonder if they did. I feel like they did that on purpose. Maybe. Like, I know these guys were really like 
they seem to be like really unaware of the shit coming out of their mouth. But every now and then you got to be like, okay, come on. This is obviously, this has got to be something. Like it in the last be. movie where he's like, that really turns me on. <laughs> like it's got to be, right? Okay, wait, I have a few more things. Okay. So yeah, we okay. mentioned, according to unsubstantiated claims, Elvis Presley said that this movie was his least liked movie that he acted in and his all-time favorite movie was King Creole. So that's what we're kind of talking about. Top yeah, of the episode, it. which yeah, well, I know that yeah, he's on record as saying King Creole is his favorite, and that's understandable. Yeah, again, I still I still find it hard to believe that he hated working on this movie more than he hated on Stay Away Joe. But but that's you know, yeah, like I'm saying, if we're talking about just later. it wasn't hadn't been done yet, so maybe he just didn't revise his opinions. Possibly. Okay, let's talk about that car though, because even though this is a boat, yeah, movie, that car was really cool. Yeah, Elvis's red sports car in the film is a one of a kind 1959 Chevrolet Corvette Ooh. XP87 Stingray. Oh shit! Nice ride. It was a concept car, so yeah, one of a kind. Wow. Originally silver in color, this car was the design inspiration for the C2 generation of Corvettes from 1963 to 67. Hmm. They took the name Stingray from this particular concept vehicle. Oh. So they modified it for the film, so they added red paint and they added a hood scoop to the to the hood. Hmm. And since filming, the car has been restored to its original condition and color and is in a museum Ooh. piece that is worth several million dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That car is the best part of this movie. It's pretty sweet. And once again, you're like, yeah. why didn't we just make this another racing movie? Why did it have to be boats? Because yeah, they, why did like, they? Uh, it's almost like they don't know how to write movies other than racing movies whoops did i just say that did i just say that out loud why would you say something so true yet so or, what was that what's the quote the eric andre so true yet so controversial yeah there's a part where he's talking with tom and he says clam bake and then tom says you just said the magic word and then elvis goes <gasps> clam bake and then he goes yeah and then it smash cuts to the the titular scene where they're having a big clam bake and it's just go-go dancing yeah. girls so that was like it. great <laughs> <laughs> also during that whole sequence there are multiple guitars lying around because he moves around the scene but he picks up multiple guitars to like do a little throwing and then put it down and then he walks to another part of the set picks up another yeah. guitar I'm like wow you know where so- else there's a guitar there's a guitar in the freaking shop where the boat is mm-hmm. and Elvis is like let me show you how cool this resin is why don't you smash this guitar with a hammer and he just picks up a fucking guitar for no reason yeah and i'm like if, i wish that was a real magical resin that just made it that there's not a single dent from just whacking it with his hammer you know what was also interesting about whacking that guitar with that hammer it didn't make the sound that guitar <laughs> makes when you whack it with a hammer i don't know if anybody else knows yeah, it just sounded like it was hitting a concrete block or like dong, yeah. dong, dong. Dong, whoa yeah. some magic no, guitar yeah no bong i get yeah the guitar wasn't hollow as it should be it was yeah, in fact like was just not hollow. Yeah. <laughs> filled in which yeah, to be fair, for the prop itself, they probably would have done something like that. Or also, I mean, the the hammer was obviously like a rubber hammer. But... Obviously, it was fake, yeah. Oh, geez. Okay, we forgot to talk about the shortest fight scene of any Elvis movie. Oh, okay. He finally confronts Bill Bixby. Okay. Yeah. Bill Bixby says, I call karate. And does a oh, pose. Yeah. And then Elvis <laughs> says, oh, shut up. And, and punches him <laughs> once in the face. And he just goes end over end over a couch. And then he leaves the room because the guy's out. Yeah. <laughs> which is very good. I thought that was... I thought that was kind of fun, considering that Elvis is apparently trained in karate. Yeah. I always like to, sometimes my sister will be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm watching a movie about Elvis. And she's like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, yeah. Did you know that Elvis drives a tank and knows how to do karate? And she's like, no, I didn't know that. And I'm like, well, it's a fact. (laughs) 
It's a rock fact. It's a rock fact. Okay, I just remember the actual last thing I shall bring up. All right. I found something to mention. Bill Bixby related again, because once again, this character is really doing all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. His opening scene where we're introduced to him, he's he's got a bunch of girls surrounding him, and he's gloating about this race he won. And then he yeah. flicks like a little grape off of like this, this cake. Yeah. And it lands in this girl's top. Yeah. And he does it again. He does it a second one. And that same girl, and like cuts to her, and she's like, ooh. <laughs> it goes right down her cleavage. That's really interesting. It's a thing that happens in this movie. Okay. That's it. That's all I got. I just... All right. That's one last thing that I wrote down here that, I, yeah. Also, why did no one... This is this is a bad movie, but why did no one ask to see this guy's ID earlier? The guy who's pretending to be Scott Hayward, who just rolls up and is like, yeah, I'm Scott Hayward. It's the 60s, man. He's got the car. He's got the clothes. I guess they just said, yeah, sure. This one's yeah, for him. it's the 60s. It's a different time. It's uh, That's true, though, for even today. There's, you know, you see all the time on the internet fucking kids who like, yeah, I dressed up as a security guard, and so they let me into the music concert. Because you just, you look the right way, you walk the walk and except when we see him walking into the hotel he gets his spurs caught in themselves and he looks like a complete doof (laughs) so that everybody gets their spurs caught up in themselves once in a while final thoughts um if you taped me to a chair and duct taped my eyes you did that last you can't use that made me watch this movie i would fucking kill myself I would spit out my own tongue. I would choke on my own. Clambake the movie, hard no. Clambake yeah. the dish, I would. I haven't had it, and I, I'm actually interested. Yeah, I'd ha- try a clambake. I like seafood. I so. would. Yeah, I would definitely go to a clambake if somebody in New England wants to hit me up for that. I'm down to pound <laughs> around town <laughs> with a clambake, hot tamales. You know, you know what I'm saying. Bada bing, bada boom, spaghetti, whatever. The point is, the movie. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. You don't have to watch it. You don't have to watch it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll watch it for you. That's our job. You know what? Here's here's the saddest part. Yeah. Clambake has gone to Blu-ray release. Yeah. I own the Blu-ray of Clambake. You know yeah. what hasn't gone to Blu-ray release? Blue Hawaii mm-hmm. still, for some yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Paramount, what is your holdup? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think that any... I think... Uh, I hate this movie. I hate it. Um, it's not actually... I don't hate it that much. I'm just... I'm very, very tired of bad... Elvis movies and I'm sad and I'm lonely and I'm depressed and I'm subjugated to this non-stop barrage of depressing like artisticless schlop and Clambake just happens to be the one that has the stupidest fucking title that I've heard of so far so for that reason I'm out <laughs> yes and I and on once again there was no alternate title which is yeah. shocking <laughs> That's I cannot. Really... I, this is the worst part of all. There was no alternative. All no alternative was proposed. They just said that is it. A guy burst it. into the room and was like clambake, and the guys were like, "Yeah, that's it." And everyone started chanting clambake, 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 clambake. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I think that's it. You ready to wrap up? Yes. All right, let's wrap up, folks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you have to hear about this even secondhand. I'm sorry that you have to put up with this in your life but we apologize even in advance though I'm for sorry. these yeah these two episodes we we recorded these back they're gonna get worse you know. too and yeah they're gonna they're gonna get worse <laughs> you you can definitely hear the enthusiasm is not there we're <laughs> no really... i wish i could give you a more positive experience as a listener because i don't want to stress you out and i don't want you to be upset after listening to these episodes but also these movies suck balls they suck you know like how turkeys don't have any balls and they just have like one big hole where all of the stuff comes out of 
this movie sucks that specifically, but all movies, most of them generally suck balls. And it's, imagine every time you went to Thanksgiving, your mom made you like suck the turkey hole and like you would just, you would not be like fun at Thanksgiving anymore. You come to Thanksgiving and people would be like, Morgan, why aren't you fun anymore? And you'd be like, because you're going to make me suck the turkey hole, okay? (laughs) All right, that's a... I'm going to bury this analogy and just say thank you for joining us. We do really appreciate it. Honestly, if it weren't for you guys out there listening, well, we'd still be doing this because I I promised Matt that I would. So we'd do it. But it's nice to know that there's some support out there. We do appreciate it. We're excited to see you again next week for Speedway. Which you've seen the first 10 minutes of and you turn off. So that's a good indictment. I didn't like it. It was really bad. I hated the first 10 minutes so much. But the nice thing about Speedway is that we'll be back to having nice opening credits. And so I'm, oh, I'm at least excited okay. about that. That's something to look yeah. forward to. Yeah. Bright colors. Happy. Make Morgan's guys go. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. So with that, we say. As always. As always. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you very much. much.